Welcome to Steer Queer. Welcome, everybody, and hello to the first episode of Steer Queer, our new podcast that we hope you enjoy and love and grow along with us as we go on this journey together. Would either of you like to say a little something to get us started? I'm good, no. <laughs> <laughs> Off to an amazing start already. Uh, Radio His science. heart was fully in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening, Mom. Thank you. Um, <laughs> why don't you start us off sir with the microphone in front of him i was like which 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 sir are you referring which to? i don't see a sir here <laughs> who uh, are you talking to first no. topic <laughs> pronouns how to use them <laughs> well actually a really great yes um we'll probably get into that today well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Kyle. I am a queer mo individual hailing from Minneapolis, Minnesota, originally from uh, the West Central Wisconsin area of Eau Claire, uh, more accurately, Altoona, Wisconsin. Um, oh. And joining me here today, we have... Hi, I'm Cody. I identify as homosexual, and I come from Wausau, Wisconsin. And I'm Austin, and... Kyle and I actually grew up together. So we're both from West Central Wisconsin, from let's just say Eau Claire. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I, I'm also queer. And we're just excited to start this podcast with all of you. And yeah, there we go. Where should we go now? Well, I wanted to take a little bit of time to uh, introduce ourselves and maybe each other to the world okay. a little bit. Um, as most of the listeners may be listening to this first episode uh, may know, because again, hi, Austin's mom. Hi, Roberta. Hi, mom. Hi, uh, <laughs> just kidding. No names. No names. What am I doing? Um, hi, not Roberta. <laughs> yeah. HIPAA. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, two thirds of us already. HIPAA violations abound. <laughs> oh my goodness. But we are all, uh, queer, gay, LGBTQ uh, individuals who grew up in some ways together. We've all, we mm -hmm. all met uh, at different points during our own development and finding our identities. Uh, I personally, like I said, grew up in West Central Wisconsin. I was the only out queer kid in my high school graduating class of 92 kids. Um, and uh, spent a lot of my early college years and my, you know, my early adult life kind of finding the identity that I now cherish and love. I do identify as queer, uh, gender fluid, um, still trying to find the right word to describe uh, my own identity, uh, but definitely have been exploring uh, where I fall in the non-binary sort of as, uh, as, as I've heard the term before, the kind of trans umbrella in, in some way, shape or form. Um, and I am excited to continue to go on that journey with two beautiful lovelies at my side, uh, hashing some things out. Um, who would like to uh, 
spend a little time talking a little Sorry, bit about next. <laughs> the laugh wasn't at you. I just my brain went to hashing some tags. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. I guess that's my cue. I better start. That's perfect. Um, well, I as I said, my name is Cody. I met Kyle. We went to university together. Um the way we the way we met was Kyle was working on his senior recital and I didn't really know him that well. We'd taken a couple of courses together, kind of brushed elbows in the halls. Um, and we were sitting in the green room and Kyle said something to the effect of, Cody, rub my head and tell me it's going to be okay. And as <laughs> a- are as, so gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that does sound really bad. Um <laughs> And then we turned the lights down. And- I believe, I believe, I worded it as such. Uh, Cody, pat my head and tell me everything's going to be okay. It just sounds a little. A little <laughs> pat it sounds my a head. little. It sounds a, well. Head, head was a uh, head was yeah. part of it. Yes, anyway, it was. Um, and then he fainted. <laughs> so being being a, a good obedient student of. Um, improv I said yes and so I decided to pat his head and say it's going to be okay and Kyle responded to that very well and we just kind of hit it off there and I soon met Austin uh, later on and we hit it off as well um I I as you probably are going to guess by that little soliloquy I tend to ramble a lot but um I identify as a homosexual I came out officially when I was 22. I was outed at 18. Um, I think I grew up knowing that I was queer, but it took me a very long time to find my voice and to also find the courage to be who I was and to not apologize for it. And Kyle was a huge help in that, and so was Austin. Um, I love you both. Um, Growing up in central Wisconsin, in a semi-large, more tiny city uh, where everybody kind of knows everyone, you sort of lose any sense of privacy because you just never know who's going to listen or who knows who. So I have always been more of a guarded individual, a lot more private. Um, and I'm looking forward to this podcast because it's it's going to challenge my vocal vocabulary, learning more about the queer spectrum. Because I think out of the three of us, I'm probably the the most, the least learned. <laughs> I've just got a long way to go. Um, so to all the viewers listening, I want to say um, I probably will slip up a lot, but I mean it in no, I mean no offense, and I'm always willing to take constructive criticism and I look forward to learning more about all of you and about all of us so that's a little bit about me um Austin your turn I need to sip (laughs) coffee oh yes so yeah um Kyle and Cody have kind of said we're uh how we all met Kyle and I grew up together and then Cody and I met through Kyle because they were going to college together but um so yeah, I, Kyle and I are both from Eau Claire or Altoona. <laughs> um, and so I also identify as queer. I really like the term queer because to me what queer means, and that's the other thing about all these terms is I find 
that every term means something specific to every person who uses it. So I think trans means something specific to different people. And I think queer means something different to specific people. So when I say queer, what I mean is um, kind of just non-binary, gender fluid queer, because um, uh, I'm definitely, because I think one thing I'm struggling with right now is marriaging my queer identity with my gay male identity. Because obviously I present as a man and around here in Western Wisconsin, um, gay man is as far as I really can go with people. Because <laughs> um, I think these terms are, well, just like Cody said, they're not just confusing to straight people. I think they're new to lots of queer people. So I think you need to approach everyone with kindness because I think everyone's at a different space, place in their journey, um, learning these terms. You know, I don't think you can embrace an identity until you learn about it. So, so anyway, that's where I'm at. I really like this term queer. That seems all encompassing. It allows me to wear high heels and a skirt and it allows me to just, you know, wear my moo moo. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara's out on the town again, y'all. <laughs> you know, I love a good moo-moo. Just everything jiggling underneath. It's, mm, there's something special, something about it. It's really the cream cheese, if you will, of life. <laughs> <laughs> I think you both put it really beautifully and eloquently, though, that there are a number of ways to identify within this community. And one of the things that we're really seeing recently, especially as we've kind of come up through our early adult life into where we're all at now, which is at various points of becoming 30, um, or as some of us, uh, 31. Um, yes, I am officially dead in gay years. Um, I'm kidding. I don't give a shit about any of that. I am in my prime, damn it. Um, but it's it's one of those times. <laughs> I just have Amazon Prime, that's all I'm going to amount to. Cody, they're not paying us. That's a whole topic right there. Um, Was I not on mute? Sorry. (laughs) I have Brazilian Rainforest Prime. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, No, but we're, we're, we're really hoping to explore a lot of those ideas with this podcast. And what we're hoping is to offer anybody who wants to come on this journey with us a chance to to incorporate these conversations into their day-to-day life and also to kind of take a moment to maybe meditate and consider their own identity and who they feel like they are because it shifts throughout Mm -hmm. life. Um, There are a number of really great books. There's a book I'm reading right now uh, written by some authors in Minnesota that I would like to talk about in better detail on a later episode, but it's about understanding your gender identity and how that is a huge part of who you are and is not a static idea in your life. It's not something that stays the same all the time. And mm-hmm. the, the reason that fluidity really, uh, really speaks to me is A, I love the idea of that like free flowingness of things. I like to have a decent amount of of control, but also the ability to let go with my whims and how I'm feeling day to day. Some days I'm feeling a little bit more masculine, so to so to speak, and I want to wear like 
something that would be considered more masculine and maybe no makeup today. Or, and then there's days like today where I have really like a uh, chipped nail polish because I haven't redone it. And it, it turns out hand sanitizer um, removes uh, nail polish <laughs> and uh, we're all using- Thanks COVID. Yeah, thanks COVID. <laughs> we were waiting for you to make an appearance on our podcast. I guess now oh. is the moment. Which now brings Here, us here's to our next my... topic. Coronavirus is homophobic. <laughs> <Here's>, <laughs> here is my 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 thought for the day. Don't be a COVID idiot. Oh, that's did beautiful. you coin that? I don't know. It's so <laughs> good. Don't be I'm a sure COVID I idiot. I'm sure I didn't. I'm sure somebody out there said it, but I thought of it while I was sipping my morning. Yeah, coffee. I'm talking my, my two thirty coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a COVID idiot, Shano. I'm talking to you, Wisconsin Supreme Court. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Getting right in it. Getting making right making enemies right from the get go. <laughs> Love you, Tony Evers. And also, I yeah, I, that's another thing I like that. What, why we're starting this podcast is I think um, for like Kyle said, I think identity is always changing and evolving, and so. I, I I really like that we can give each other the space to allow that to happen because I think people think your identity should all be set in stone by the time you're 18 and that's just not my experience. And then also um, talking about like Wisconsin and Minnesota, um, I think it's very different to be queer here than it is just from what I gather from the media <laughs> that it seems gay and queer is just uh, not as big a deal, maybe on the coasts and in big cities, but it still is a big deal here. Um, you know, I was re-watching an episode of Queer Eye where someone asked uh, Bobby, in your marriage, are you the husband or the wife? And um, I think that's a, a, a thought that happens to a lot of people still here in the Midwest. They wonder, how does that relationship work? Who's the man? Who is the woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also- always like that that sort of you go back to any sort of sitcom or or primetime show from the late '90s to early 2000s, and they, it's always the same kind of setup for the punchline. Like, so when you and your other are doing generic activity, who? Le- <laughs> who- who leads? Do you take turns? Like who's who's the male and who's the female? Well, right. No one's the female here. That's the why I'm, they're really that's why I'm is, gay. <laughs> who is who's the one sticking it in? Um mm-hmm. I mean, really, that 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 is a lot of times what they're asking without who's the dominant and who's yeah, the sub. without without really meaning to. And it's a it's an interesting uh which brings us to our sponsor, big ass dildos. <laughs> <laughs> Also sponsored by adammail.com. Thanks, big ass dildos. Just kidding. Not a sponsor, not a sponsor, but you could. Um, One or two uses and you'll be going, ah. Or the hospital. (laughs) What I'm saying is use lube. Stretching's important. Lube, love. Lube. Uh, One day at a time. I'm doing Kegels right now. Can you tell? (laughs) I think that... I think one thing I, I, when I think of, you know, we talk about the umbrella and you look at how we are sort of, I don't want to just pinpoint the media because 
I grew up wanting to be a part of the media. I mean, Kyle and I went to school for performance art in different veins. So I always wanted to be a part of that in some way. So I don't want to just sound like I'm going to bash them all the time. But if you look at the sort of recognition our community gets, it's always, it's always together, LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They, they kind of group us all together in one little corral. And you are immediately, everyone wants to know, well, what are you? What, how do you identify? It's a sort of way for people to feel comfortable or sort of to be in, in control of the conversation. Like they want to have a foot up, you know, well, I need to know exactly what this person is. So I know what I'm dealing with where, you know, Kyle had said that it changes as you go. And I think the big thing that people forget is it's very personal. You know, it's not something that you can just slap a label on. And that means you follow this particular set of guidelines. It's not a textbook definition. You can open up and, oh, what does this mean? And that's what they're always going to do. No, it's a very personal experience. And it's it's just like anybody growing up. It It depends on how you were raised, how you were, how you perceived life, how life perceived you. I mean, it's, it's all an individual experience. And I think that that happens with anything. So sometimes it, it is a little frustrating. It's a little bit of a hand over palm over forehead sigh moment, you know, uh, <laughs> when you see sort of this representation and you, you, you kind of feel like it becomes more of a caricature or a stereotype or, you know, some sort of um, you know, you can look, I guess you can, some people could look at it as a, a negative thing. And I think in a lot of ways, I think it depends on how the subject matter is handled. I mean, you look at something Absolutely. like willingly, you look at Will and Grace. I mean, that's something that hi guys love you. Um, there's something <laughs> about that, that yes, there's a lot of, Ooh, it's kind of dated and Ooh, they went, they went there, but it also, I think has a lot of, there's a lot of positive. I mean, that was, Aside from Ellen, I think that was one of the first real sitcoms that was that kind of paved the way. And then you look at something, and so you you kind of you you realize there's a, a there's a love, there's a care taken by those creators that that did that. And you look at something like I know we had talked about. Um, well, I don't want to say like names of sitcoms because um, I won't say the name of the sitcom because everyone loves it. So let's just call it Pals. Um, and so that's, you know, proof. That, ah, got him. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, I guess you can call it homophobia or it's not always, it's more of the punchline rather than the, the narrative or the journey. So, um, but I also look at it. It's one, it's one way to, to get, I guess, offended by it. And I promise I'll be done in a second. I promise I have a point. Um, but I also try to always, I always try to remember that it's not black and white. And I always go back to it's the personal journey of whoever this person is. I think aside from people that are just downright vile and vicious, um, I try to remember it as, well, it's a good, it's a good learning moment. It's, it's, there's something that you can say this person just doesn't understand. This person hasn't been, ex this is what they've been exposed to. This is all they know. Not saying that it's right or that it's, you know, will they get a pass, but um, it's a very tricky medium because it, it's so in your face. So it, 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 people are quick to judge just like that. Um, and I think one thing that I have always tried to be an advocate for 
especially I, I said this to friends a lot during our last election, you know, there was sort of this kind of discussion of, well, it, it was very divided. So if you voted for this person, I don't want anything to do with you. It's like, you kind of, you kind of just, they were worthless. And I, I told someone once, and I kind of, I still believe this. I don't always agree with these people, but if I dismiss them, I'm no better than them. So set an example, you know, try to be, you don't have to agree with it, but try to be, you know, the bigger person, try to open your mind to something different so that you can engage in a conversation. And I think the more you engage in something, the more normal each other becomes, I think that's where you break down walls and you can start making a change, you know? And that's that. Yeah, that's, that's really beautifully put because a lot of what has, I think we've seen is that as things have gotten more progressive, we also see that things are also there. There are there are individuals who they either fear the change, they don't understand the change, they're not exposed to the change. And while that's not an excuse for not trying to understand something, because hello, the internet exists, um, mm-hmm. and it does exist pretty much everywhere. Um, there's also it's it's important. There's a difference between reaching across the aisle and and getting your hand bitten off, which is also something that can happen. Mm-hmm. But and just simply asking somebody what is your point of view, and letting them speak and actually taking it in, and uh, and ex- experiencing that in its full impact without immediately thinking about what you want to say next, because a lot of these things, like what what we were talking about before, a lot of this exists in this idea of of the binary or the idea of like you're either in this box or you're in that box. And there's nothing in between. And we know, like, just scientifically that that's not true. It hasn't been true for a very long time, ever. Um, but we, we like to pretend like uh, gay civil rights began with Stonewall. Um, but in reality, it you know, uh, the whole idea of gender non-binary, gender fluidity has been around for millennia. <laughs> um, it's not, it's not uh, something that just started in 1989 with the millennium and with the millennial generation. It's not something we made up. Sorry, those of you who are older than us that think we just want to be different. That's not really how that works. But we're never going to convince people that there's more to it than that if we just dismiss them outright for not agreeing with us. So mm-hmm. it's it's tough because we also have a right to be righteously upset sometimes that people are so willfully ignorant of things they don't understand. But just like you said, Cody, it's not fair for us to assume something about them and and even even the language I'm using right now, us and them. Like there's mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of of assumptions being made and not a lot of conversation. And that's kind of one of the things we're hoping to do is, hey, we're three queer, LGBTQ, gay, however you wanted to identify individuals who have stories and lives and are real people with real thoughts and real opinions and real lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we want to share that, but also we want to engage in, you know, discourse about this. It's something that's yeah. been missing. Um, so... I really appreciate uh, the fact that we have this outlet to just kind of converse. Like we're essentially in a lot of ways, dear listener, we're inviting you into this idea of not, not, not an idea, but just our conversation, you know, uh, where we're having a frank conversation with each other and we're, you know, we're fun with each other. We like each other. We love each other. We've known each other a long time. We'll sometimes 
disagree. Maybe sometimes it'll get heated, but for mm -hmm. the most part, I think we all understand each other in a way where we can make light of certain things that maybe some people wouldn't agree with making light of, but that's kind of how we process together. We, right. We've learned how to have a sense of humor about things that maybe aren't that humorous so that we can continue to cope and grow and learn. So that's what I'm kind of excited about is exploring these ideas and uh, being challenged in a new way that I just haven't been able to for a while. Cause I don't know if you've noticed, but we can't really go outside right now. So there's not a lot of human interaction happening. Um, sorry, I brought it back. COVID-19, you heinous. Just you homophobe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're on a roll, but I just have to ask, how are we going to go to the bathroom while we're doing this podcast? So <laughs> I'm not going to make uh, This is actually, this, this is perfect. We will take a moment and take a brief break. Uh, one of us may regale you with uh, some advertising coming up here. We don't know. We'll put something, insert placeholder here while we take a short break. Oh. We'll see you in a minute. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Hello, Kyle here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Steer Queer, our new comedy queer lifestyle podcast where the three of us have frank conversations with each other about what it's like growing up in the world as a queer individual. As such, we may occasionally say things that don't sit right with you and maybe spark conversation about how we are representing ourselves and how you feel you should be representing yourselves, or we may say things that occasionally don't sit right with individuals because maybe we've said something that offends you or something that maybe is not the way that you see the world. And we encourage you to let us know and help us learn and grow and to also take that conversation out into your daily lives. These conversations can help us learn and grow as a society and as individuals. We'd also like to take this moment to remind you that sharing is caring. And if you would like us to keep making these episodes, please share us around. Leave us a comment for things you'd like us to talk about in the future. And take a moment to like our podcast and follow us on our social media. Thank you. Now on to the show. Oh. Welcome back. Back, what'd you say? I said, Welcome back. I know I'm a well hydrated individual. Mm -hmm. Good <laughs> for a, you. Thank you. I don't want to make you feel inadequate, but no, I'm, not I'm better at all. hydrated than you. <laughs> I win. <laughs> oh, catty as always. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we're going to facilitate. Oh, what, what Austin said? <laughs> yes, that I is like that a it. lot. How do we, how do we pee? Because <laughs> we were having like this nice, like heartfelt, like deep conversation. And then, hey, I got to pee. <laughs> well, when Austin <laughs> and I great. lived in D.C., that was always one of the, the hardest things about taking the metro is if you know mm -hmm. you're going to be on the train for 45 minutes to an hour and a half and there are no restrooms in the metro stations, you're like, which stop am I getting off at to get uh, to to be if I really have to? Where where am I going? This was like these are conversations yeah. we had daily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's real for well hydrated queer mos. You need a bathroom, <laughs> and every everywhere in DC you had to buy something. And I don't know if you knew this, but we were poop. We, we were oh, we were very very per per. Oh, we were per. Yes, yes, we, we were, were per. We were quite par. 
Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, We are welcome back to Steer Queer, the (laughs) podcast that we are still currently trying to find some sort of flow with. So thank you for coming on this journey with us on episode zero. Here Uh, I am waving to everybody. (laughs) Forgetting that, yes, we are on a Zoom call (laughs) right now. Sorry, never mind. Behind the curtain. But, uh, (laughs) but, but no. It's true. No one can see us. I found myself nodding and like looking into the camera like, yeah, that's really good. And then remembering this isn't an audio visual podcast. No one can see me. (laughs) I was trying to remember what Tyra taught me to smile. Yeah. Anyway. Did you see that she came under some fire recently? And to that, I have to say, it is important for us to hold people accountable, even for things that happened multiple years ago. But maybe can we stop trying to like destroy people for things that happened 17 years ago if they've also like been on our side and atoned and like what was from those what, things. what happened there was a uh, a lot of things that happened early seasons of america's next top model that were oh yeah that were there were frankly like at times like blatantly racist especially in the way it was edited or like favorite uh, f- favoritism comments that were made to certain girls that were super sizist really ageist like things that i know are a part of the modeling world but that we've also kind of learned and grown and developed beyond that and people mm-hmm. are sometimes forgetting that while it is important to hold people accountable we also are living in a new world that was not mainstream at the time and while it isn't, again, we, we need to appreciate things for what they were, grow and learn from them and co- and comment on them and call it out. But like Tyra Banks ain't going to be able to do nothing about that. She doesn't have a time machine. <laughs> like what, what are we, what do we really want from that? You know, like outrage culture is mm-hmm. important. We need to call things out, but sometimes, I don't know, that's, I, I don't always know how I feel about it. You know, like cancel culture, the idea of like something is just over forever mm-hmm. you know yeah and even as like cody was talking about like old sitcoms and stuff and then like next top model like i agree that like representation is important and i also think um and like you said i think we should call things out when they're blatantly homophobic or transphobic or racist or whatever mm-hmm. um At the same time, I think as Americans, we really need to stop seeking so much validation in media. Because like, like in sitcoms, they're trying to be funny. And anytime you're trying to be funny, you're stupid. I mean, you know what? So just, I think we need to take the media more with a grain of salt. I think it's different if it's like the news. Mm -hmm. Um, That I would hold much more to a critical lens, but like- Come on, that's all fake. (laughs) <laughs> but well exactly will like willing grace was did that have a lot of transphobic jokes absolutely and i think we should recognize that and learn from our mistakes but also realize they're trying to be funny mm-hmm. you know i don't know i mean they no, I homophobic get that. yeah like let's well yeah real. i was i was actually about, well, to, look at, was about like, to comment on that yeah think of just will and jack's dynamic I mean, I think Will was probably the most homophobic. Well, aside from, <laughs> aside from, ironically, aside from like Karen, but I mean, <laughs> but that's just. But the difference there is, is like Karen's just rich and ignorant. Will knows better, and he. Oh, but it's sort of like you kind of are like, well, I guess that's just him struggling within his own world. I think, though, uh, I kind of I agree with you, Austin. I think one of my biggest gripes. And this is me just being kind of cynical. And I think some people could look at it as 
you want something and then you have it and you don't want it anymore. But <laughs> when <laughs> like, I want, I want, I want recognition, not that kind of recognition, but I think sometimes I get, I get kind of tired of, I don't know how to describe it the way it makes me feel, but I feel like nowadays it's like, it's just another box that needs to be checked off. Like everything has to have a gay character. Everything has to, like, it's, it's sort of this, I feel like it's, there's, there's just a feeling I get. There's, there's representation and then there's like sort of the soulless, we just want to appeal to everybody instead Mm -hmm. of having an opinion and a voice. We just want everybody to feel good and everything, but it doesn't come off as genuine. Well, it's tokenism, you know, like, like the idea of a token character. Yeah. And I am probably, I'm one to kind of sit silent and be like, and try to take everything from a, someone else's perspective. But I'm also very quick to just be like, no. And so <laughs> it's very like sharp tongue. I go from, I go, and I have to plug this because I'm that queer. I go from Rose Nyland to Dorothy Zvornik very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, For I For all of you I, listeners, that was a Golden Girls reference. Um. <laughs> It will never die. It will never go away. And it Thank shouldn't. God. It was amazing. <laughs> it, it, it still is. <laughs> For all of you little queers, learn. <laughs> learn. Learn, learn from your elders. Learn yeah. something. I so, There's one guy, when I used to work as a, a bartender, there was this host. He was, I want to say 17. And he was, you know, a little queer mo. He was, he was so sweet and, you know, a little sassy. But I made a Judy Carlin reference. Who is that? <gasps> no. Said, See that? I said, no, that I don't understand. <laughs> I go, I go, well, it's, that's, you know, the Wizard of Oz. Well, kind of. Well, it's, that's Dorothy. And okay. I said, well, she was, I said, <laughs> and I, I wasn't like offended. I just thought like, oh, honey, think of your mother. <laughs> but I said, love you, Coco. Be but I said, um, Simon, go get out your Judy Garland shoes and dance. <laughs> I, <laughs> and dance. I said, um, and I said, well, Judy Garland was a huge advocate for gay rights, and you know, and he kind he didn't say this in a a, a negative way, but I think I took it as more just blatantly honest. He's like, well, why does that matter now? And I I said to him that it matters because if you don't understand where you came from, you're never going to know where you're going and you're going to make the same mistakes that were made already. So learn something from what, learn something from what we, where we came from so that because you, and I always, I always hate when elders say this to me, but in a, in a sense, I do agree with it. Like you don't understand what you have. And so it makes sense that you kind of have this like, okay, whatever, kind of blase, apathetic attitude. And not, not to cut anybody down, um, sometimes my, a lot of, for viewers, just so you get to know me, you'll get to know me a little better. A lot of my language does sound very cynical. Um, and I am kind of a cynical bitch, but you'll learn that I mean well. Um, but yeah, I think a lot, like, you know, the, it is true. Like every generation doesn't realize what they were given at this time because they don't know what everybody before them went through. Or, you know, history textbooks only go so far. Or, you know, general history doesn't really do a credit. Um, so I just told them, like, you know, you know, just just take a minute. Just Google it. That's, that's easy enough. Um, just just YouTube it. It is important because you have 
you're very fortunate to have what you have now. And it's a blessing. Um, when we were growing up in the nineties, we had something that other generations didn't have, but it was still very difficult. I mean, it was just, I mean, I think the nineties were such a time of rage and anarchy, but also there was sort of this, at least um, from my experience, there was, it was definitely still very uncomfortable to be um, different. Like if you were going to be different, you had to go to the extreme, you know, everything in the nineties was so extreme. And so um, you couldn't, I don't know. Does that, does that, that sounded like one guys? of those commercials for the action mm-hmm. figures. We right. used, when you were a kid, it's like, G.I. Joe can go in water because he's extreme. <laughs> no, it, 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 oh my God. That, uh, Nerf guns, extreme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then, and then we can actually get into, uh, that's a whole topic of its own. The whole idea of like marketing to children and the very gendered nature, nature of like toys mm-hmm. for girls and toys for boys, which let's be honest, we all just secretly wanted a sky dancer. It didn't matter if you were a boy or a girl. You just wanted one of those fairies that flew away. I'm sorry, maybe I was the only one. Um, no, I, growing <laughs> up, well, I remember I had a purse and that made people uncomfortable. And so when I lost my purse, I cried and I cried and I cried, but I know certain people were like, we're not getting him a new one. <laughs> And no, then, exactly. And then my mermaid Barbie <laughs> that had to be kept a secret. I remember mm-hmm. I went over to my best friend's house and showed him my mermaid Barbie, and I was so excited. And he just wasn't as into it as I was. And then he wanted, of course, to take off her fins and see what was underneath. And I didn't care. I was like, "There's nothing underneath her fin. She's a mermaid." <laughs> No, I mean, it's it it's <laughs> to kind of kind of tie together what we were just talking about, you know, with what with what Cody was saying to 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 this. It's the the idea that, like, as we get older, things progress and it becomes in a lot of ways easier for a younger generation to live in a more progressive world What that. The cost of that in some ways is that progress means that they don't have to also go through the struggle. And while I don't, I don't believe that you should have to struggle necessarily, I would, I wish people had to struggle less in a lot of ways. I wish that mm-hmm. there was less of that. It still needs to come with some kind of education on like, like part of what made it easier, I think for myself personally to get through my late adolescence and early twenties was kind of getting a little bit like almost like radically feminist and a little bit like, like like keyed up about all of these things that I felt like were kept from us in history classes and in civics classes and all of these other courses in high school that should have been teaching us about what else was going on in the world what the beyond just the like five percent of what was going on on the surface that we all learned about and when I interact with younger younger queerlings um there's like a mix there's they're they're the ones who are almost sometimes more intense than I feel like I ever was, which could also just be that I've gotten older and my energy level has gone down a little bit. Um, but, but also she's tired, but yeah, she, she real tired y'all, but there's also the, the, the individuals who I'm like, I'm like, I love the fact that you just think that it's always been like this, but I'm also terrified for what happens to you when it isn't. 
because there will be times and there kind of already are as we're, we're, we're watching trans, uh, trans visibility laws being stripped away and the current administration, Austin, where's the beep sound? Um, <laughs> the, the, you know, the current, the, the current state of things, we're seeing progress going backwards and that is the pendulum, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we're seeing the swing to the other side a little bit and there it is, just in case. Um, and oh, for those of you at home, sorry, who couldn't see uh, Austin held up uh, their phone. And yeah, uh, <laughs> we're not going to say his name. We're just going to refer to him as. <laughs> <laughs> After the incident known as 2016. Um, <laughs> and no, we we we're seeing some of this going backwards and some some young people who grew up in a time where it was just such a beautiful time to be a child and explore what it was like to both like Nerf guns and wear nail polish, you know, mm-hmm. if you were AMAB, you know, assigned yeah. at birth. And we're seeing some of those individuals grow up and are now seeing progress go backwards and what that must be like to be at those like developmental ages where we were kind of always seeing the very slow incremental progress of moving forward, I feel like mm-hmm. in our younger lives. And we all have unique experiences there, um, you know, in a lot of ways. We all have beautiful memories and a lot of pain and trauma that I feel like we're all still kind of working through a little bit in our adult lives and, you know, in our own ways. And and that being said, too, I think I think we also have to recognize that it's different so regionally. Um, mm. I used to work with a queer youth group here in Eau Claire. And um, I think, I think right now in 2020, uh, for like a little boy to act feminine or a little girl to act masculine, um, I think it is just as terrifying today for children to do that here in Western Wisconsin as it was in 1990. I honestly, I think there has been some progress. And I think like the schools now do have GSAs, Gay Straight Alliances, um, things like that. But honestly, I think in the big cities is where it's really been embraced. And I think in mid-sized towns, I think it's just as terrifying. I think a lot of times people like to act like progress has eliminated that struggle and it hasn't at all. Like, I, I still have that intense amount of fear. The other day I went on a walk and I am scared of teenagers, you guys. They are the worst. And so, They're so vicious. I know. And they're this group of teens playing some sort of frisbee football catch them and run type of deal and um but i can't help but have even though i wasn't even dressed flamboyantly or anything have i always have a sense of panic around any group i perceive to be threatening and so mm-hmm. um that's something we will or i will always deal with throughout my life and then also I don't, I think that children today being raised here will also have that sense of panic. I don't think that's over at all. I sort of go, I have the same sense of panic, but I have panic within our community. (laughs) I don't always feel safe around other queers. So I tend to, I think my comfort level goes like, Women, usually I feel comfortable with, like, I find I can relate to women very easily. Um, That's because, you know, I was raised by my mom. Um, Straight men, I find 
they're not as difficult for me to relate to. I just, I think there's sort of, there's an understanding like they kind like they like you know who I am I know who you are and that's it and they that so they they're kind of like all right cool you know whatever and I, I I guess I can read them a little better and I know how to engage and make them comfortable and then make us all comfortable with um, queer individuals I get very tense very quiet I tend to avoid them like the plague. Kyle, stop inviting me to Minneapolis. It gives me anxiety. Um, <laughs> you come um, of your own free will. Stop being my friend, damn it. You invited um, yourself. <laughs> I, oh, God. Yeah, hope you don't mind. I just barged in. <laughs> that friend. Um, but no, uh, I, I, I just don't ever feel... I get very tense, and I, I feel um, a lot more aware of myself in a negative way. Um, and I, uh, for a long time... I, I've always kind of resented being who I am, um, sort of take the approach of, you know, not everyone's really looking at you anyway. We're all <laughs> looking inward. So who the fuck cares? Just, just do your thing. Um, but yeah, I, and I don't have a lot of gay friends. A lot of my, a lot of my experience, especially as a, as a queer individual was on my own, independent, alone, um, and that was good enough. So finding people like Kyle, like Austin, was, was a saving grace in a sense because it gave me a sense of community, a sense of family, people that knew who I was for who, like, and, and loved me for who I am and allowed me to work through it. You know, it wasn't always pretty. Um, and I've made, I've definitely made some mistakes <laughs> along the way, but um but I've, I've grown to feel on, on the cusp of 30 in a, in a few months, I've, I feel very empowered. I feel a lot better. Um, so my, my twenties for me were all about identity and taking charge of that and from other people. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's been a real struggle for me to learn how to kind of play along in the gay community rather than, I think I always just felt like I was on the outside looking in. Um, and it was kind of like, well, I, like I just, I put that on myself. I don't, I mean, I think you don't even get, I mean, you can don't really want to get me started on some of my, my views on, I think are how I feel like. Oh, please. Can we get you started? Can we please get you started? <laughs> well, okay. So here's the thing. What really grinds your gears, Cody? What really grinds your gears? What grinds your gears? Um, well, call your mom. Call so, your mom. <laughs> Where's my jewelry? Hold my purse. <laughs> Hold my purse. Um, can we talk? Can we talk? <laughs> copyright, copyright. We, we, um, we don't have the licensing. We don't have the licensing. Mm-hmm. We t- oh, hi, I'm been long worried enough. about you. They're hi, probably Amava. like, yes, somebody re- recognized us. It was so long ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a link to the song below. No, today's song is. Um, no, so, okay, here's the thing. Here, This is, this is strictly to our community. Um, all of you other people are welcome to listen, but I'm speaking to everyone in the queer community right now. Um, I love all of you, but we've got to, we've got a lot of work to do when it comes to, um, I, I want to think of how to say this the most eloquently instead of being a bitch. Um, we've got a lot of work to do when it comes to acceptance. Um, and I know that a lot of it stems from being hurt and being afraid and being uncertain about, Mm, mm -hmm. you know, a lot, like we've all been through 
people looking at us differently. You know, I think, uh, you know, one of the hardest things is coming out because how are people going to view you? A lot of people view you differently. And then, then your whole struggle is now I have to, I have to remind people that I'm exactly <laughs> the same, but back to my point, um, again, I'm the cynical one of the group. A lot of what I experience in the, in the, in the queer community, we are so adamant about recognition, acceptance, um, equality, but within our group, we are some of the cattiest, bitchiest, judgmental people. There, you know, it, it just like anybody talks about no fats, no femmes, no oh my this, God. no I was that. just thinking that. I was like, yes, um, accept me, validate me. No fats, no femmes, no Asians. Like just, it's, right. yeah. Um, no, you know, and it, for some of us, um, that makes our journey easier. You know, some people, you know, it, you always go back to, well, at least you're pretty, you know, but, <laughs> and then you have your other, your brothers and your sisters that are struggling because they don't fit that mold of, what is acceptable, what's attractive, what's successful. Um, and they get kind of tossed to the wayside. And I think come 2020, I do believe that we've come a long way. And I think that acceptance is a message that has really succeeded and thrive. Um, and that's one of the, the things I look at when I look at this generation. There is a lot more love and community and acceptance with within the being different sort of aspects. Um, but I still think we have a long way to go and it's not a criticism. It's not a shame on you, um, but it's sort of a wake up call. You know, there's, there is no, you don't, there is no definition of beauty. Beauty is a personal thing and we should appreciate everyone for who they are inside and out. Um, and that's always been my biggest, my biggest beef about our community. And that's kind of why I've chosen to take more of a isolated approach. And it's, it's, it's kind of hardened me a little bit. It's made me a little, it's made me very independent. So there's, that's positive from it. Um, sort of that I don't need anyone to value me. Um, um, and yeah, and yeah. Cody, I really want to, I really want to validate how you're feeling because I think your experience and where you're coming from is absolutely valid. And I really appreciate you sharing with that. Um, I just want to make sure too that we recognize, I know for me personally, anytime I'm feeling insecure, I do recognize a lot of times that's coming from my own internal mm -hmm. homophobia, my internal transphobia, all those internal things going on. Because I know my experience was a little bit different um, I, I was really craving queer community and I really wanted that. And so one thing that I did was I moved to Milwaukee and I got really involved in queer activism and with a lot of queer people in my personal journey, being around queer activists was the most accepting place I had ever been. And so for me personally, I can't relate with what you're saying and that's totally okay because we all have our own background our own experience because for me that was where I was finally home and I finally mm -hmm. fit in and I finally felt valued and I finally felt like I had this room to explore and then I did end up moving back to Eau Claire for my own reasons and 
I became a women's studies major. And so I went through a phase where my queer identity was kind of the most important thing about me. And it no longer is. It is, it's important to me, but it is now just a characteristic. It's not Mm -hmm. who I am. But for a while, it kind of needed to be who I was completely. And I became a women's studies major. And I surrounded myself with lots of queer people and lots of women. And um, I kind of didn't want to be around anybody else. And so um, I just know for me, that was super important and profound for me. So um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate what you were sharing. I just wanted to throw that in there because I don't relate with that. Uh, For me, Mm -hmm. I've been nervous meeting groups of people um, that I'm not familiar with. I have found I can't just drop in on a community and feel welcome. I know that I've gone to the Twin Cities to take part in that queer community. And while I never was specifically made to feel unwelcome, I just realized that community takes time to build. You can't just drop in on people (laughs) that know each other and expect Mm -hmm. to be like, So like here, I've had to build my own queer community and I now have a great queer circle. So um, I I didn't want to share that to invalidate anything you said. I just wanted to add that because for me, meeting queer people is where I finally belonged. And also working with a queer youth group really helped because I got to see kids... um, have a better high school experience than I did. And then I got to see kids who had a worse high school experience than I did. And it just really helped me just see how this experience can be so different for so many people. I think something about that, but I liked hearing that Austin because I was getting very charged, (laughs) but I, (laughs) um, but. And it's only episode one y'all. Right. (laughs) Oh, we're going to turn that off. That's a little too dramatic. Um, <laughs> I liked that, though. I'm, I'm thankful that you interjected, Austin, because it reminded me how every I, there are different experiences. Um, mine was very negative for a very long time. So I do have a lot more resentment and hurt. And I think a lot of that is just fear. Um, well, I know a lot of that is fear. But it re- I'm glad to hear something so beautiful like that because it gives you hope you know that there there are a lot of great experiences and it's not something to be afraid of it is and it's just it is normal and it's it's wonderful I love seeing that other people have that and um so yeah I'm glad I'm glad you interjected because it it (laughs) kind of brought brought me back to a place right and when you started addressing the queer community I just want I just felt like a you definitely can't address us in one box because we just Mm -hmm. said we don't live in one box. And then B, I don't think the queer community has done anything wrong. I think we're trying to find where we fit in. And Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to shame anybody because nobody did anything wrong. Well, one thing we live in a, Sorry, one, I I just wanted to interject that one thing I've, I've been, I realized I just kind of started like, listening to the two of you have a conversation, which was kind of fun, but I realized I was like, oh, I haven't tried to interject anything for like 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) But what one of the things I really liked hearing both of you is that 
and and so something that I think will happen as we go forward with this is we are honing in on different areas of our own personal experience. And what what I think personally, what what I was hearing was exactly what 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 you kind of said, Cody, is that it's this the experiences that we have shape our ideas about something. So when we have negative experiences with something, it, it, it's harder to compartmentalize it as multiple different things under a larger umbrella. Mm-hmm. It's easier to start, start seeing it as one box. And we all do that in our lives all the time. That's not, that's not an abnormal thing. Our, the human mind is designed to pattern. That is what we do. And it's actually in breaking those patterns that we start seeing something beautiful and we start seeing things from different perspectives, but that's, that's the work. That's the hard part. And yeah. what I have really loved about recent, uh, about my life recently is that actually um, Austin, one thing that I'm doing that, that I feel is a little different from where you're at is that I am actually reclaiming a lot of my queer identity and it has become in the last couple of months slash six months ish one of the most important parts of my life right now because I'm doing a lot of soul searching and shifting about how I see myself, how I look at myself, how I want to see myself and how that weighs with the ways that I think about myself, which are not always the most positive. And that's something I'm trying to work on. So, and Cody, what what, what you were saying, uh, what, what I was hearing is some of the experiences that we have are very under that like binary idea of what it means to be gay. Like being a gay man means this. And if you don't fit those boxes, well, to hell with you. Or like we, you, you don't fit in here, you're not a part of this community. And it took me a long time to meet people, you two included, who are technically a part of that community, even if we don't always feel it. We're under, we're, we're, we're connected in that way with people. But it took me a long time to find people because Austin, I think it was you who said this to me once that, gay is not synonymous with good person. LGBTQ is not always synonymous with being a good person because that, like you said, it's not always the only facet. It's, it, well, it's not, it's not that it's not always. It isn't the only facet of who you are. So you can be a queer individual and be fiercely queer and also sometimes maybe not the best human all the time, you know? Yeah. So it's- Mike it's, it's, it's <laughs> The beep, the beep, Austin, the beep. No, I said his should be like a, a moaning sound. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. No, no um, I like that. No, so it's 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 a beautiful, but also a crazy thing to identify as LGBTQ and be under this under this umbrella on the in the spectrum in this community, but not always feel like you belong. Because one of the ways I don't personally feel like I belong is someone who is you know, who, who is AMAB, assigned male at birth, being a part of the non-binary community can sometimes feel like I have to fit into a certain mold in order to be accepted within the non-binary gender fluid community. And frankly, my therapist and I, because I do want to do a plug that if, if, if it works for you, talk therapy is a great tool. It can be a great tool, I should say. It can be a beautiful tool. Um, and that we shouldn't shame or stigmatize uh, mental health. Um, and there are a lot of different ways to work through these things. And my personal way is through talk therapy. And I found a, not even found, this individual kind of fell into my lap unexpectedly. I found a non-binary therapist who uses they, them pronouns and 
has been helping me on this journey because a lot of the the issues that I was having about myself were also surrounding some confusion and difficulty with my own identity and personality and not feeling a sense of community there. And it's it's going to be, it's it, it's all a rich broth, you know, it's a rich tapestry of of experiences that, exactly, I want to validate both of you because we all have had very different experiences dealing with what is a very large idea, being queer, being LGBTQ, that sometimes gets compartmentalized into this very, very small segmented media driven often idea of what it means to be a part of the community or lack thereof because Cody like you were saying there isn't always a community to be a part of you know you don't always feel like you can join in and mm-hmm. like you said Austin community takes time to build and if there isn't one surrounding you it becomes harder to build that and we're all nearing our nearing nearing the uh the next phase of our life turning 30 uh you know all of that forever 29 forever 29 oh i only shop at forever 29 Mm, that's a good store it's just plaid moon moon (laughs) the dirty 30s oh the dirty 30s no so i mean because i never want anybody to feel to feel singled out or like or like we're right we're, we're, we're we're personally like saying this is everybody but at the same time i like the idea of sometimes being like listen we're all kind of in this in some way shape or form and we're all able to be a part of making this better for everybody but -hmm. it's also true that not everybody's going to be on board with that because some people just don't care or some people just don't have the capacity to be you know to 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 be an advocate in that way or I think we've pointed yeah. out just by sharing our three different experiences that when we say queer community, that bubble is so huge that we might be approaching a group of people that it's the wrong fit for us. You know what I mean? That bubble is ginormous. You can't put it into just one group of people. And and that's all community is, is relationships amongst group of, groups of people, right? And so... If there's a particular group of people that you're not meshing with, that isn't your community. And I'm I sorry, would... I didn't. I, I didn't mean to laugh, but I just all of a sudden imagined a graduation speech. Webster Webster's Dictionary describes community as a group of people or individuals that you have relationships with. No, like because that's that's absolutely what it is. Like on its <laughs> on its level, um, it just that that image popped into my mind. Some like like <laughs> gay parody of a graduation ceremony. <laughs> Um, Because I think when we say community, I think we often reference it like it's this one stable being that you can go to for a quote. (laughs) (laughs) Where is it storefront? I've always wanted to visit. I went to the queer community and they said Hamilton is just okay. <laughs> you take that back and bite your tongue. <laughs> I definitely, and I'll I'll just say this to the viewers and both to you. It, it's I'm glad you kind of put me in check there because I definitely forget how large that bubble is, and that comes from one, a lack of know-how, and just forgetting. I guess forgetting about community, forgetting about kind of rely, like looking elsewhere and like I, I'm kind of like, well, okay, I didn't I didn't find 
uh, acceptance here. So it must, I must not be able to find it anywhere. I'm very hard on myself and I let that kind of bubble up. Like I'm, I, I kind of yeah. sweep it under the rug because I don't want to, I don't feel I can rely on anyone to be vulnerable. The problem with that is, is that you wait so long, it's going to come out in very ugly ways. At the, and, and then everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> and I know you're not alone in feeling that way. I think- Absolutely not. When you're, well, especially being from mid-sized Midwest towns, because they're Ooh, big girl. enough to not, they're big enough to not be considered a small town, but they're mm-hmm. still so small that the queer community- <laughs> Which now I hate referencing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but like that's that's another really important thing to, to uh, it's it's an important distinction that um that that we will address a lot. We'll say queer community a lot because it's it's the term that we've come to recognize and understand. The LGBTQIA plus uh, plus more acronym. I've run out of breath. Um, community because we want it's to turning include. into pie. Well, well, exactly. We, we want to include people, but that inclusion, just like you were saying, Cody, comes at, at, a, 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 there's work involved with that. You know, mm-hmm. we can't just, we, we're not just immediately accepted. There's work on both sides is what I meant to say. We're not just immediately accepted into a community by just showing up, but right. also that community needs to open up in a way that people can feel confident and comfortable to be a part of it. And some mm-hmm. things are exclusive. Like some things should be exclusive, you know? Like Yeah, like I know I never felt accepted by any sort of bar culture. I never felt accepted in Milwaukee, definitely in Milwaukee. The Milwaukee gay bar culture was uh definitely didn't feel a part of that. I always found my home amongst groups of queer activists. That's where I always felt at home. Cause I found you went to a bar. There are lots of people dancing. That's, I'm not going to build a relationship there. You know, I'm not going to be like, speaking of Whitney Houston, <laughs> are you for or against Prop 8 or what? Um, <laughs> so I know. You're dating I think yourself. Some, you just brought up Prop 8. <laughs> I know, but we were there. I know we, we were. were you you were there. You actually were there. You were in I, California. When one it, of the there, best but, memories I have was during Prop 8 and we had... One of the best <laughs> Prop 8 is my favorite memory. <laughs> <laughs> no, so... I... <laughs> you <That's>... bet. <laughs> <laughs> we had a... Let them speak! I'm we so... had a... When he said not being accepted, he meant me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Austin, we knew you were going to be Cody's biggest bully in the world. I'm such a bully. (laughs) If you do it in such a sweet way. Let mama give you a hug. So sweet. Mama, you're choking me. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who couldn't see, because this is a podcast, um, Austin just squished their boobies together. His bosom together. together. It was lovely. The breath. Anyway, come to the moo-moo. No, um... Yeah, Cody, continue. Sorry, sorry. I wanted you to, to, to finish that. No, I was just going to say one of my favorite moments from during that time was I was working um, at a little vintage diner and we had at right in the square and we were we had our first ever Pride March 
So then these, and it, this is very like old fashioned kind of diner, vintage 60s style. Most of your clientele are going to buy a cup of soup for $3 and leave you a quarter <laughs> tip. That's a good cup of like, soup. That's a good price. That's a good cup of soup and woof, 25 cents. That's a good tip. Um, so, <laughs> which by the way, ew, it's not. Um, <laughs> but, tip your um, servers. We live in America. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it's like, well, okay, they're doing their best. They're not, <laughs> but um, are they, they better? Are they? They could do better. <laughs> they probably don't even realize that 10% isn't the new norm. Um, <laughs> so, um, anyway, way off topic, these three drag queens came in and asked where. <laughs> they could go to take a piss and i was like just very casually oh it's down that way it's down this it's down across the other end of the, the room and they strutted their stuff on the catwalk in just every booth looking like what <laughs> I'd and i thought this is a great time to be alive just to watch <laughs> all of these people in their oh. 70s and 80s their world is just turned upside down <laughs> oh. it was Actually, a beautiful thing that is a really excellent. Uh, I would love to end on a on on a note like that. Uh, what are some of your some of the queer experiences that you had either when you were coming up or in recent memory that really resonated with you in a positive way? Because um, uh, Cody, that story uh, makes me think of the first time. I went out to a gay bar. And even though I kind of agree, Austin, gay, gay bar culture and I, I went because I really wanted to have some beverages and I really wanted to strut myself on the dance floor because I knew I wasn't going to meet nobody because, well, for those of you who don't know, I was married at the time. So, um, so I wasn't there to meet nobody because I entrapped myself in a somewhat emotionally abusive relationship for six years but we could talk about that on a later podcast um, so it's such a funny 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 story <laughs> um but but i remember the first time i really experienced a drag queen in in real like like that just just to kind of riff off that cody the first time i really experienced that i remember thinking uh, for those of you who have never met me, I am five foot two. Um, and so when I'm in a large crowd, I kind of blend into the center of the crowd and no one knows I'm there uh, because I'm I'm at a lot of people's like chest height. So, um, and when somebody is in heels, uh, fun fact, they're much taller. What? So I remember the first time I met a drag queen. Um, I won't use- I don't buy that for a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was I was out at out at a bar and I was sitting outside with a friend of mine who was smoking. I am not a smoker, so I was just out there for solidarity and for getting getting some fresh air, um, you know, on the smoking patio, <laughs> fresh air. Um, and this this group of queens came and sat with us and just like started chatting us up. And I remember thinking like, I love these individuals. I am just like so happy to be here right now. And like felt for the first time, that was like a moment I was like, oh my God, I'm gay. I'm like a part of something because there was just that, like there's a fabulousness about that. And they were super upfront. They acted like they'd known us forever. One of them joked about putting a Quaalude in or a roofie in my drink. And then they pulled something out and I was like, that's an Advil liquid gel. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's, cute and also everybody please watch my beverage if I turn away um but there was something about that moment that just stuck with me where I was like this is this is like I want this in my life you know I want this kind of like fabulous like 
we just like sat down at a table with a bunch of strangers and yeah it's catty and a little bitchy sometimes but god damn it this is like what I want and that was when I was just newly 21. It was not the first time I had ever been to this particular bar um, because I did just waltz in without my ID one day and no one checked. Um, but shh, um, that didn't happen. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. But that really, I feel like, shaped a, you know, a, a, a love of kind of bending gender that I already had. I was always like that when I was younger. I loved dressing up in outfits and even though it was squashed out of me by the time I was 10 a topic for another a topic for another another podcast but that you know I, I feel like that always stuck with me the idea that I like I like playing dress up I like playing pretend it's why I like acting it's why I like performing and the idea that somebody could create a whole new persona and just be that person and really embody them every Friday and Saturday night and sometimes on Thursdays for Drake Bingo. Um, you know, like that, that really spoke to me and really made me feel like, yeah, this is, this is a world I would want to, I would want to be a part of and have in my life. And yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Austin? Well, since I brought it up, let's talk about it. So Prop A is repealed, right? Um, so what was that? Was that, that was 2013. So I'm taking a class um, all about queer theory and queer cinema. And we go to San Francisco to film a documentary, which uh, is like, at the time was like, what is my life, right? And, um, and so Pape is repealed while we're there. Just crazy that that happens. We're in the Castro in San Francisco filming this documentary about why queer education should be included in K-12 curriculum. And um, everybody just rushes to the Castro. It was so, like, it, it felt like this historical thing that people did in San Francisco before the age of, like, this sounds so dorky, but it felt like before technology and social media, you just went to the heart of the Castro to see what was, to celebrate what was going on. And that's what everybody did. Thousands of people were there. Um, there was music and dancing and all, just so much diversity. It was really amazing and you just felt really proud to be queer in that moment and it was just it was so awesome to be there and to be with a group of queer people who were we were all from you know Wisconsin and we were all at different points in accepting our own personal identities and then we go to California and they're repealing their prop 8 which said that um gay people couldn't get married. And uh, so that was repealed. So you could get married. And our instructors uh, got married that week in San Francisco, um, who were gay, by the way. Uh, <laughs> gay women. Wait, what? And what? so... It was, it was the straight couple. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> this straight couple was like, we can finally get married. And we were like, we don't care about you. No, it was... So it was That's not what this was about. He realized... He realized <laughs> I'm really glad I'm gay. <laughs> uh, it was just awesome. And also a rarity to like see progress happen in such a meaningful way and so fast. Because I know in the past, um, progress was slow. You know, I mean, people, yeah. 
people fought for marriage equality and never saw it happen. And so yeah. I'm just really grateful that we were able to see it happen. How cool. Oh my goodness. That is cool. Um, Cody, since we kind of started this after you you told your story, would you like to tell a different one? And the first one would just be your bonus story? <laughs> no, I think that's a pretty good one. I, okay. I really can't think of... Can you rephrase the question? I have to think of what we're... Yeah, so, so uh, a not moment... Not to say I wasn't no, listening. No. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. You're not listening when I talk? Someone roughly took me into the bedroom and said, <laughs> I want to make you a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and make that girl feel... No, I'm not going to continue that. Um, no, but uh, so, so just a, a moment where you felt really connected to feeling like a queer individual, an LGBTQ event or something that that happened that personally touched you in a way positively about being queer so I think a lot of us have those stories of coming out that are the the difficulty and the trials and tribulations and sometimes we forget that there were a lot of beautiful moments along the way of like that happened and it was sometimes a small thing or a huge thing you know got it my very first memory actually positive memory was my first kiss when I, um, so I, <laughs> Sorry, so that's yay. <laughs> I, um, I was my senior year in high school and we were going, we went bowling. I got invited to go bowling with these friends and they were, there were some friends coming in from Milwaukee. I think they, they were, I think freshmen or sophomores in college and they were coming back and they used to go to our school and somebody goes, oh, they, they somebody introduced me to one of these friends. I won't, I won't name his name, but um, he turned around and he had the most beautiful blue eyes I'd ever seen. And I just realized then and there, I was like, this is what a crush feels like. I'd never had one before. Um, we ended up having a really good connection over 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 a few months. And by April, I invited him to come see our um, spring musical. So he did. And after the musical, um, he gave me a homemade card. It was a, it was a butterfly with oh. glitter on it. Very, very oh. hetero. Um, <laughs> mm, just he, bros being bros. Yep. He took us out. So it was masculine. <laughs> yes. Um, we had our cast party at a diner. He joined us and him and I and our, fr- our mutual friends stayed there till like two o'clock in the morning. And then I invited him since he didn't, he was coming to visit from Milwaukee. I said, well, you can, you can crash at my place. And so he, we went to my place and it was very awkward. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with this guy in my room, in my, not my room, in my living room. Um, he's so beautiful. And I don't know how to, how I, how I feel about this or how to express it. So he kind of took the lead and said, well, we should watch a movie. And I said, sure. So we watched, <laughs> we watched Tim Burton's Sweeney Todd. Oh yeah, nothing says romance like that. <laughs> um, but we <laughs> like throat slitting, mm. right? We watched it, um, and I was sitting on one end of the couch. He sat on the other end, and I noticed about a third of the way through, um, he had moved a little closer. Yeah, he did. and so I moved a little closer, mm. and then. 
he moved a little closer still and i decided to sit Mm. there Mm -hmm. and see if he see if he was gonna move closer instead of me moving closer i was like well let's see if he moves closer (laughs) (laughs) how big was this couch (laughs) (laughs) i was in wisconsin he was in florida (laughs) um no so long story short by the time we got to a little priest um he put his arm around me looked in my eyes and he kissed me and oh during a song about eating people yeah (laughs) um and so the rest of the movie he we held each other he held me in his arms and every five minutes or so i went and kissed him again and we ended up the movie ended and we we kissed until 6 30 in the morning oh I think that's the plot and, to the notebook. Oh my god, Cody, I have never heard this story before. This is beautiful. So it's almost done. Um, so the next day we went to we went to our, our mutual friend that introduced us. We went to watch her softball game. He took me out to um he took me out to lunch, which was the um the the diner I mentioned earlier. That's where I work later on in life. Um we had our like I remember exactly what it was we sat at this one table. I remember exactly what I ordered, what he ordered. Ran into this woman that saw the musical I was in. She's like, I remember you from the musical. It was just like one of those days where it was just like everything was great. Um, we took a walk downtown. It was a beautiful sunny day. And then he had to get going. So he dropped me off at home. Um, he kissed me again in the car. And I remember I came in the house. I said hi to my mom. And I went straight up to my room. And I laid in bed and I was, I had the biggest smile on my face. It was just that moment where you just, everything just felt right. And you, and it was, I said, this is exactly how I want to live my life. And this is, I, I definitely know that I am who I am now. It was just a very, it was a very sweet moment. And it's probably one of my most favorite moments in my coming of age slash coming out experience so yeah oh my goodness that was such a perfect like end cap (laughs) to all of this that was lovely oh my goodness so my friends i think we did it i think we uh i think we successfully this was it yeah i think we did it thank god (laughs) (laughs) that was exhausting um but uh (laughs) Thank you all for listening to us. As we said before, this is the Steer Queer Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to us. And if you did enjoy, please feel free to maybe uh, share us around. Uh, get us get us get us trending on yeah. I don't know. Um, we'll figure Are we out. posting this? <laughs> no, this was just for us. This was just for us. just between No, us. we're we're actually uh, this was just an exercise. Um <laughs> But we honestly do appreciate it. You know, we're uh, we're we're all kind of getting through this crazy time together, and we appreciate that you chose to spend a little bit of this time with us, telling you our stories. Um, we uh, hope that you will continue listening as we move forward and kind of continue to figure out exactly what this is going to look like and sound like over the next couple of episodes. Um, anybody else have anything they'd like to say? Now I want you to close your eyes and do a trust fall over Zoom into my arm. <laughs> and then I want you to call 911 because, girl, you fell. <laughs> uh, oh, that, that, what a Jennifer Lawrence moment. No. 
Sailor. So relatable. So relatable. So relatable. I, she fell down. I, I need pizza and fall down too. Wow. Pizza. Stop it. Carbs. My God. She and she's an cop. Oscar winner. I never met a carb I didn't like. She can spell carbs. Me too. K-A-R-B. Mm. Um, from all of us here, we just wanted to remind you to stay beautiful. And as always, cheers, queers. Cheers, queers. queers. <laughs> we'll keep working on that. Yeah, we'll get there. It, it'll get there. Love you all. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Love you. Oh, I hate everybody. I'm glad this is done. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>